Coming up on today's edition of Locked On Eagles, we have another seven-round mock draft for you. It's Mock Draft Monday right here on the Locked On Eagles podcast. You are Locked On Eagles, your daily Philadelphia Eagles podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much for making Lockdown Eagles your first listen each and every day. I'm Louis DiBiase alongside my co-host Gino Camilleri. Joining you on this Monday edition of the podcast, you can find us Monday through Friday on all platforms in electric, electric month as we dive into what the Eagles are going to do at 10th overall, what they're going to do at 30. Gino, on today's seven-round mock, we're going to explore some different options because, as I mentioned on the show last week, Howie Roseman, with his own selection he was supposed to have based on standings, he's made that pick only one time since he's come back in 2016. So that's why Mock Draft Monday for us now more is just pretty much exploring every scenario. I believe one of my favorite Howie Roseman quotes was when he got that pick from the Saints and he had that second pick in the first round and he's saying, I I just want optionality. I, I want the option to go and do different things. And that's the thing with Howie Roseman. He might be playing blackjack and you look at the book and you're like, oh, let's hit on a soft 17 or soft 16, whatever you prefer. And Howie Roseman's like, no, I'm, I'm going to change the game. I'm going to do something completely out of pocket, which people yeah. wouldn't expect, which is kind of a conundrum to me, Lou, because you have the most data points of any NFL general manager on what to expect in terms of what they value position-wise, where they value them in the draft, and you have nearly 12, 13 years of data to do that off of. So why teams couldn't predict the Jordan Davis move last year, Baltimore, they wanted him. You didn't think that Howie Roseman was going to go up and get him. We kind of knew that that was the inevitable pick. And if anybody really pays attention to Philadelphia and our good friends over at lockdown NFL draft, they didn't mock Bijan Robinson to the Eagles at 10 because we've been telling them guys, yeah. it's not going to happen. Like th- there's no way the Eagles spend a top 10 pick on a running back. They I don't think it's going to happen at forever. 30. I don't know. I can guarantee I you it it's not going to happen at 10, Gino. And that's the thing with these mock drafts though. We do like to explore every scenario because the Eagles, they're, pretty predictable about what positions they like to go for Mm -hmm. early in the draft. We also know that they're predictably unpredictable with where they're going to select because they always trade up and they always trade down. Again, last year is the perfect representation of Howie Roseman. He trades down with the Saints and collects a first-round pick in this year's draft. Mm -hmm. He trades up to go get Jordan Davis. Then he trades out of another pick to get a veteran in A.J. Brown. So he pretty much did everything you could think of with trades in last year's first round. This year, he doesn't have three first round selections, but he does have two to get creative. And so it's kind of, you know, again, he is, we've mentioned this in the podcast many times. He is just taking this luxury of having a lot of top picks in top rounds and he's stretching it out from year to year. So like last year, he can kind of do everything. Yeah, you still have to make the the tree of how that trade started from the Carson Wentz thing oh, and yeah. everything that came from it. And Howie Roseman will always try to extend his resources. And have we talked about the idea of potentially adding another first round pick in 2024 through trading down if a team needs a quarterback? There's a ton of smoke around the idea that teams might take Hendon Hooker in the top 10 yep, above I've heard that. I mean, above guys like Will Levis that we've been saying are locks in the top 10, 
that could be the greatest scenario to happen to Philadelphia, that a team is sitting there at 10, Hendon Hooker is on the board, Will Levis right. is on the board, and they're like, all right, first-round pick next year. Teams have done this all the time. That's the going rate. And Howie Roseman continues to build off of this tree while still having a first-round pick this oh, year. Oh, it's going to happen. Multiple there is, there's the going to be movement. Whether he moves up or down, the, the tree mm-hmm. is going to continue to extend for sure. So, Gina, let's start this thing up. It is yet another Mock Draft Monday here on Locked on Eagles. We have two yep. more or no, three more after this. Yes, sir. So we got right. four weeks until the draft from Thursday. So that means we have today, next week, the penultimate one, the week before the draft, and then, of course, the week of the draft. So we're still having yep. fun with these things, and oh, it is great. unpredictable with Howie Roseman. I know, I know I said it was predictable with Jordan Davis. Yeah, when you get down to the nitty-gritty of it, but there's still time for teams to make trades into the top 10, out of the top yep. 10, even before we get to draft night. That has happened time and time again, and we saw well, that already this year. Done- twice in mm-hmm. the last two years. So he's traded on draft night, but he's also traded. Yeah. Like you said, you know, in the weeks coming up to the draft. So here we go. Let's start this off. We are on the clock at 10th overall. Gino had the top 10 pick last time. So I've got it this time around. He'll be picking at 30 looking at the board. What happened? One through nine, nothing super surprising. All four quarterback prospects went I believe, right? Will Levis went? Yep, mm-hmm. he went fourth. I just was surprised. Normally, Anthony Richardson goes ahead of Levis. Here, Levis goes ahead to the Colts. And then, of course, your unicorn defensive linemen go as much as I would love them. Will Anderson, Tyree Wilson, Jalen Carter, they all go in the top six. Then we had your boy Christian Gonzalez go, the Oregon cornerback, and then a receiver, actually, to the Bears. Jackson Smith and Jigba from Ohio State. So, Gino, on the board here, some of the top prospects that I really like, of course, Devin Witherspoon, I think might be the top corner from Illinois. You've got Peter Skaronsky, the perhaps top tackle from Northwestern. We've mentioned the name Kalijah Cansey a lot from Pitt. There's a lot of options here that I like, and Witherspoon might be the top option. But, Gino, in this scenario, if I'm Howie Roseman, it might not be a huge market for teams wanting to trade up because all four of those quarterback prospects went, but let's say a team really wants Skaronsky or somebody really wants Devin Witherspoon. Could those guys fit in Philadelphia? Sure. But when you look at Witherspoon, Skaronsky, Cansey, heck, even Brian Branch, Lucas Van Ness, Miles Murphy doesn't show up here because he's too low on these rankings and Nolan Smith from Georgia. There's such a giant group of prospects I kind of like here that I think, hey, if I move down four or five spots, collect some more picks we could really use on day two or day three because we don't have a lot this year, we can still get one of those guys. So I want to explore trading down from pick 10. So hypothetically, let's say a team like um, New England wanted to move up for Skaronsky or the Green Bay Packers wanted to get Jordan Love a new wide receiver, right? Like uh, Quentin Mm -hmm. Johnson from TCU. Uh, That's something I would like the Eagles to explore. Let's let's try for New England, right? I think moving down Mm -hmm. four spots is good. I I still think you can grab one of those top edge guys. How do you value... Devin Witherspoon, do the Eagles want to go that route where they go a more undersized outside corner? I don't and know. And I love it for sure. If they take Witherspoon mm-hmm. at 10, I'm not going to bat an eye. But I think in this scenario, they might trade down. I agree as well. I think they still have their pick of the litter. They're not going to force a pick. Yeah. And you still have so much depth on the defensive line. Like take your right. pick of Miles Murphy, Lucas Van Ness. If you yeah. want a redshirt Skronsky, you still can. But Howie yeah. Roseman knows that if those guys are equally valued on his board, 
he will go back a couple spots because he's yep. not going to take a guy that is a tier two guy with a tier one pick if they don't have a tier one player. So this is absolutely yeah. a potential that could happen. And what is the going rate to move down like a third round pick? Eagles need to say, recoup get- premium top 100 picks. I think that's fair if you give up a th- if New England gives up a three to come up four spots. Right. And then maybe, I don't know, do the Eagles throw in like a seventh in 2024 or something just to add in? I feel like another pick normally happens, but um, I feel like a third is pretty fair. I mean, to move down four mm-hmm. spots. Absolutely. that That's the going rate. That's the Eagles have done that to trade up. And look, yep. New England accepts that pick. Let's see what they do with that. All pick. right. So they take Devin they- Witherspoon. I think that makes a lot of sense for them. They I think that makes sense too. On the outside, Joey Porter and then Jr. Right in front with of Sauce us. Gardner. Ooh, yeah, a I lot know. Of length, so yeah, Joey Porter Jr. across from Sauce is nice for the Jets. He just went at thirteen. Uh, Peter Skronsky went to the Texans at twelve. Lucas Van Ness for the Titans at eleven. All three of those guys would have made a lot of sense for the Eagles. But look at the board still: Kalijah Cansey, mm-hmm. Brian Branch. You've got uh, Nolan Smith and Miles Murphy. Uh, Gino, I am talking myself into the Nolan Smith to the Eagles I am right too. now. You can see the explosiveness. You can see the athleticism in the open field. You can see that kind of Hassan Riddick type of player. I mean, that spin with that counter spin is just absolutely incredible. And it doesn't even for being an undersized player, doesn't look like he gets overpowered a whole lot by tackles like Riddick. He's still very effective in the run game. I like Miles Murphy a lot too. His traits are off the charts. I I think I like them both over Van Ness, but I'm going to go with Nolan Smith. He's boys with Jordan Davis. He played on that line two years ago. N'Kobe Dean as well. I'm going to continue the Eagles trying to just rebuild that elite 2021 national championship Georgia defense. And I think that aligns a lot with the edge type of players that Sean Desai had when he was in Seattle. When you look at yeah. the Uchenna and Wosu's of the world, the LJ Collier pick as infamous as it was, that's the prototype for guys that Desai likes in his system. He likes length. He likes athleticism. He likes versatility. Yeah. Nolan Smith is just going to be another guy in that bullpen, right? Lou and Brandon Graham is going to be gone next year. What He's a turned better 35 way, today. What a better way to have that third edge rusher Somebody that could just be in that rotation with Josh Sweat and Hassan Riddick for years to come, Lou. And the defensive line depth on the interior is still deep. Corner depth in this class is deep as well. I think this was a great move. You pick up that third round pick to get an extra selection, which is prime territory in this class. They made that, I think it was Daniel Jeremiah made that statement last year that he was like between one and three, those guys were all relatively the same. And then between yeah. four and 60, they were all very close as well. I think there's right. a heavier top this go around. You still got your top guy, but that middle region is insanely heavy. And I could see I Howie Roseman wanting to get more top 100 picks in this yeah. class. And then you collect another third rounder. They like to be four deep on the edge. Mm-hmm. Now you have Hassan Reddick, Josh Sweat, Brandon Graham, and Nolan Smith. And Graham will probably be gone next year or the year after. Mm-hmm. And boom, Sweat, Reddick, and Smith is your big three on the defensive line. And you Ooh. continue this elite pass rush for sure. And can't see would have made a lot of sense. And maybe it's a bigger need. And, um, you know, you could have went, if Joey Porter Jr. was there, I would have considered it. But I think Nolan Smith was the best combination of positional value, upside, and long-term need there. So I like that pick. Gino's going to be on the clock at 30, guys. Coming up next right here on Mock Draft Monday, it's the Locked On Eagles podcast, and it's brought to you by Ultimate Football GM. You've heard us talk about this mobile game 
and we could not tell you how much fun we had during the 2022 season. Playing as a general manager, it's not as easy as you might think to create a dynasty. Neither one of us won our lockdown league. That went to Chris Carter of Lockdown Steelers. When you play Ultimate Football GM, you get to control and manage every strategic aspect of your team, just like on Mock Draft Monday. As you play through seasons and lead your team to glory, trying to build a historic dynasty. With Ultimate Football GM, you're responsible for controlling the destiny of your franchise by hiring the right coaches and coordinators, managing all the finances, including negotiating player salaries and terms. It's pretty intense, in-depth. Navigating your franchise through free agency, the draft, player personnel issues, and all the ups and downs of a season, all in this challenging and realistic game world. Ultimate Football GM is completely free and playable offline. Play on the go when you want to, wherever you want to. Locked on Eagles listeners, you get a 100% free boost to your franchise when you use the promo code LOCKEDON in all caps. It's in the game store. That's LOCKEDON in all caps, so make sure to check it out today. To download the game, just visit ultimate-gm.com or look it up on your app store. It's ultimate-gm.com. Ultimate Football GM, start your dynasty today. All right, Eagles fans, we are continuing on this Monday edition of Locked on Eagles. And when it's Monday in the offseason, what does that mean? Mock Draft Monday. So in the first segment, Gino and I spent the time exploring a potential trade down in round one. Gino, we made a trade with the New England Patriots, moving down from the 10th overall pick to 14. We felt like there were six, seven prospects that were worth that pick. But would we rather have Miles Murphy straight up or Lucas Van Ness or Joey Porter Jr. right at 10 or who we eventually took edge rusher for Georgia, Nolan Smith at 14 and an extra third round pick in this draft. And I thought it was a no brainer to move down. Agreed. 100% bill Barnwell put out an article today about what each team should do. This is on ESPN.com at the respective picks. And he agreed with us. He said at 10, the Philadelphia Eagles should trade down. Howie Roseman is one of the most analytically inclined general managers in the Mm -hmm. league. So the Eagles are always going to lead toward trading down. Like unless there's Jalen Carter falls or if God forbid Tyreek Wilson was somehow available, unless that's the case or somebody falls to 10, like I think a, a smaller move down makes a lot of sense. I totally agree. And now you're in this position at 30 to yeah, what, what do you, you do? Man? I like a name that I see on the board simply because of, of length of traits and at a position to where you could truly redshirt this guy and hopefully develop him into the next right tackle. I like the idea of adding Dewan Jones, one of those Ohio State guys. They just have that freakish length that Jeff Stoutland loves on the outside. If you look at Jordan Maialata and Lane Johnson, those guys have long arms. They're athletic. If he could get Jordan Maialata to be a starting left tackle in the league, there's no reason somebody with the talent and the production of Dewan Jones can't fill in. And you're not taking that guy at 10 or even 14. You're still going to have a guy that can come in and play right away with that 14th selection. And now you have a guy that, yeah, Fans are going to be okay that one of the top first round picks is going to go and play. The other one is looking towards the future. And that's something as well. Howie Roseman always looks to fill in holes with potential, with guys that could potentially play now. But in the end of it, he's trying to get that guy by his third year, that year where you're going to sign him to that extension to be ready to get an extension and be worthy to garner more money. And the Eagles have to do that. 100%. Uh, Gino, I, I feel like too with Lane Johnson, he signed that extension. And so you think he's here at least two more years, maybe now three as that contract takes mm-hmm. him through 2026. But 
I heard that podcast with Lane last week with uh, Jeff McClain. And with Lane, it's a up and down relationship with football. Right now, he's at mm-hmm. the height of his powers. He's the best tackle in the NFL, regardless of which side. But the Eagles need that long-term player opposite Jordan Maialata. And not to mention, Gino, you lose Andre Dillard. You need tackle depth. like You need mm-hmm. backups. Having a guy with five years of cost-controlled rookie money I'm all in on that. I think and Jones played on the right side with Ohio State because Paris Johnson mm-hmm. was on the other side at left yep, tackle. Bingo. So I like your logic a lot there at number 30. And that's what the Eagles do. Trenches, edge rusher, and tackle for the first round. So we're on the board here again at 62. Some other positions, you know, I feel like they could go for. Running back, tight end, maybe receiver, right guard. Cam Jurgens probably going to start there this year, but you can mm-hmm. use another offensive lineman still, even if you're taking a tackle at 30. I think oh, safety as well. Pretty much everything's on the board. There's a name that I see that I like, and there's a lot of positions that I like as well. And you mentioned corner. There you go. I, I think this is where that corner depth really gets into yeah, play. You're I think you got to take one with one of those top three picks. Mm-hmm. You're not going to get that perfect guy like a Christian Gonzalez, a Devin Witherspoon yeah. at 62, but there are a lot of Tracy guys that the Eagles like that can play boundary corner that mm-hmm. are athletes and tested well not just on the field, but at their pro day as well. And I see you hovering over a name there that the I guy think I we want. both can agree on that yeah. would be a very Philadelphia Eagles pick at 62. Yeah, I think Garrett Williams, the Syracuse corner, was for the most part, the majority of the season was seen as a second round prospect, Gino, mm-hmm. has that injury. Um, and so yep. that I think hurt his you know, stock a little bit. But I think in round three at 62, this is really good value. Doesn't have to come in right away and be a starter. He can develop and get healthy behind Darius Slay and James Bradbury. Suddenly you got Garrett Williams, Greedy Williams. You've got as well Zach McPherson. That's a lot of young Josiah Scott. It's a lot of young depth at corner that you have not had in the past. So I think this is a great pick at 62. And we finally get a cornerback from Syracuse. We've been pounding the table for the last ah, couple right. of years to get one of those yep. guys. <laughs> they finally get one and it makes a boatload of sense when you look at how he plays on the outside. He's going to be versatile. He's going to use his length. If the Eagles are going to take a cornerback, I can guarantee that guy is long and he can run very yep. fast in the open field. Second round pick for a corner, Gino. It's the first time they've done that since Sidney Jones in 2017. And before mm-hmm. that, I mean, it, it had been a long time. So we go edge, tackle, and corner in the first two rounds. We're on the clock. Remember, we have two third round picks now here because we moved down with New England. So we're on the clock at 76. What are you thinking here? I think we could potentially go a skill position player here. I, I think tight end and running back could yeah. be the move. If you look at running back, Devin Ashane and Zach Charbonnet came off two out of the last three respective picks. Tajay Spears. Do you think he's going to be available at 76? Like, let's be realistic I, too, right? I don't know. <laughs> I Thor Nystrom from formerly of CBS Sports put out today in his mock draft that the Eagles take Tajay at 62. So could he be there at 76? Yeah, it's I really him, what you value. Guy, I think for us. Absolutely. I think they would value tight end a little bit more with this pick though, because of what they can do and what they're trying to get in terms of playing that 12 personnel. Why not? Can you imagine up? if they did it twice? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> do it twice. Go to the well, FCS, out of the national champion, South Dakota State, Jacks. We're going Tucker Craft. I think it just fits the perfect mold, the perfect replacement for Dallas Goddard. Inevitably, when Dallas 
makes a Zach Ertz exit, but right now you're going to bring in Tucker Craft to be a guy that is going to catch the football, bring you much more upside down the field than Jack Stoll or, Gr or Grant Calcaterra has given you at all. And now you can run that 12 personnel that the Eagles have wanted to run because they were one-handed just having Dallas Goddard. When he was on the field, more than likely, yeah. he's going to be running a route. Yes, they did use him in blocking, but when it's Dallas Goddard, Jack Stoll, or Calcaterra, yeah, anybody that has half a brain can understand that the ball is probably going to his way. Tucker Kraft now would take a lot of that pressure off of Dallas just being the number one guy. And, Lou, you kind of replace tight end two and wide receiver three all in one game. That's the point I was going to make is mm -hmm. I feel like now that most of free agency has passed, most of the wide receivers have been taking, you're trying to get that competition for Quez Watkins, that more reliable fourth target. You don't have that at receiver right now with Pascal gone. Could you draft a mm -hmm. receiver right now? And that's your competition. Sure. But I feel like the value you, that fourth target, you know, that competition for Quez or that upgrade might come at tight end, not at wide receiver 100%. by getting that second guy to use in 12 personnel because Jack Stahl is not that player. I love that you went back to the well of the Dakotas. The Eagles like to go there for sure. And I think that's a good pick in round three. And then here's our original pick at 94 overall in the third round. Gino, I'm looking at the safeties. I, I think they got to get in another young safety here. They could bring in another veteran in this scenario. I know they like Reed Blankenship a lot. You've got Terrell Edmonds, but I like some of the talent. I think JL Skinner at Boise State doesn't probably fit this defense, but traits central. Mm -hmm. uh, Christopher Smith, I like from Georgia. I think Jair Brown from Penn State, I think is a little underrated in these PFF rankings. Gino, I think he's worth this 94th pick. In this class, you're going to have to try and skim through and find yeah. the guys that can cover deep. A lot of these guys yeah. are 10 yards and in in this class, right. as opposed to past years. If you look at that Nasir Adderley, Darnell Savage type of class, where those guys right. can play single high, you're going to probably find a guy that is a two high, most of the time type of player. Reed Blankenship and now Terrell Edmonds are going to take any one high situations. Can this guy right away be in those sub packages, be potentially yeah. that? sixth guy off of the bench, that dime package player and Penn state safeties, Lou, we've loved these guys the last two years yeah. when you were watching the guys last year in that class, it's so hard to not see Jair Brown on that tape. And I yeah, think when you're watching Jaquan Brisker a lot, you exactly. Know, you notice Jair Brown and I like they work in unison, Lou, you have right, to, exactly. you have to see those guys when you're watching. And, and the sure. Eagles don't really have their both safeties, both sides. They, they do sides more than they don't really have a traditional, box safety right. and, and a free safety. But when you talk about skill set, Edmonds and Blankenship, I think fit more of the, you know, they're not like Edmonds. I don't think is a 10 yard and in safety, like primarily, but I think they fit that more. I think mm -hmm. both the safeties you already have. And a lot of these guys, as you mentioned, like Skinner is that kind of guy. I think Brown is, he makes the most sense with, like you said, if you're in single high, who do you trust the most? So I'm going to bring, I'm going to bring in the Nittany lion with this uh, final third round selection think our Eagles fans will love it. Anybody in the state of Philadelphia love it? We are. And we loved Brisker last year, Lou, and I think it makes yep. a lot of sense. And I like the idea of going to schools that have produced high-level talent there. Like, if you look at Illinois and their defensive backfield, right. it makes all the sense in the world. These guys have been coached exceptionally well. Notre Dame offensive linemen, Wisconsin offensive linemen. When you find the well that produces good talent, 
there's guys like even Jonathan Sutherland on that Penn State defense that played safety as well that you could get in the back half of this draft that are high-end athletes. So I like what Penn State puts out in their defensive backfield. If you wanted to go and get Joey Porter Jr., you saw plenty of Brown on his tape as well. So I'm with you. Yeah. I love that pick, Lou. All right, Gina, we have – that was a lot of picks, the most we've had mm -hmm. in Mock Draft Monday this year because of that trade down with the Patriots gave us an extra third. So we had two firsts, a second, and two thirds to use. We've got two sevenths to round out Mock Draft Monday on the other side right here on the Locked On Eagles podcast. All right, Eagles fans, we're back. It's Mock Draft Monday right here on Locked On Eagles. Louis DiBiase alongside Gino Camilleri. We are rounding out yet again another seven-round mock draft on your beloved birds with the draft just four weeks away. And we have, I, Gino, so far I think we've crushed it. We've gone edge rusher with Nolan Smith. We went tackle with Daywan Jones from Ohio State. We went corner with Garrett Williams of Syracuse. And then we took a tight end and a safety in round three, South Dakota State tight end Tucker Craft. And then we also, in round three, took Jair Brown, the safety from Penn State. So we got a weapon. We've got a couple defensive backs. We went trenches. This is why it's great to have a lot of draft picks, Gino, because you can really get in the nitty-gritty of what you want to do everywhere on across the roster. So we've got two sevenths now. Um, this is your pick. What are you thinking? Running back. Uh, we still have not taken a defensive tackle. Um, there's a, I still think a lot of options we can go with. I think running back in the seventh round is going to be very intriguing if you want to pull up yeah. the board there because yeah, there are a lot it. of guys in this territory, Muhammad Ibrahim, Travis Dye, that have produced at high levels. Mm -hmm. and sustained big-time injuries towards the back half of their career. Mohamed Ibrahim has been all injured multiple seasons, but he's also a multiple-time 1,000-yard rusher. Travis Dye, I watched four years at Oregon until he goes to USC, was an unbelievably good inside-the-tackle runner, happened to tear his ACL late in the season. That's where you're going to bet on these guys. That's where you're going to find those diamonds in the rough, and you're going to say, when this guy has, has a big game for like 75 yards, like how did the Eagles get him? Oh, well, right. you go back down the well. He had those injuries. Teams might not take a risk on them. But looking at the Rashad Penny pick, Lou, or pick up rather, if you're explosive and you have produced, even though you had that injury history, at running back, they are willing to take a chance on you. And I think yeah. Muhammad Ibrahim makes a ton of sense. He's more durable than a guy like Travis Dye, more durable than your Tavian Thomases of the world, your Chris Rodriguez, the guys that are also on the board there as well. And if he is healthy, he has led a committee. If you look at Minnesota in 2021, they had seven different running backs start a game for them, if I'm not mistaken. Muhammad Ibrahim, yeah. he's the guy if need be. He's a committee back if need be. But you're betting on traits and production. Well, you just hope that knee holds up much like you do with Rashad Penny, and, and you can yeah. hopefully make it work. Well, and you can make the case too for Trey Sermon, who's had injuries in the past too. You got you put there all you these guys yep. together in a committee with Boston Scott and Kenneth Gainwell. You get all these players in, and Gino, I feel like a couple of these players with an injury history, but they have incredible upside physically. Mm -hmm. I think a few of them are going to hit. You'd have to believe so, and that's what the Eagles have done with these later picks, right? They they've taken the guys that hey, it, it might not be everyone's cup of tea, but he fills a role for us. We're not using a high pick on him. Yeah, maybe does he make it to the undrafted free agent market? Potentially. But if you want to take that risk and make sure he doesn't, go and get him. All right, Gina, we've got one pick left here at 248. We haven't gone guard or tackle, maybe bring in another defensive tackle. At this point, though, um, you know, this late in the draft, 
just try to go value. I feel like best player available, but I think it would be nice to get in another tackle on the defensive line just to, you know, continue to add depth. Dante Stills is a player that, yeah, he, if does he perk your eyes up a little bit? I mean, I guess late in this, in this class, but do you go offensive tackle, Lou, where I was talking about the traits type of thing where, or, or maybe at right guard as well, where you fall in love with the idea of adding an athlete who maybe sustained an injury and could potentially be a depth piece for you because you're going yeah. to have to get depth inside as well. If Cam Jurgens now moves to right guard after the departure of Isaac Sayamalu, who's the next man off the bench at potentially center, maybe a swing type of guy, maybe an Oregon duck that happens to go by the name of Alex Forsythe. I don't I know. Just say, I like an idea. You know, I didn't think Forsythe is be a beast. He's, he's a beast yeah. man. And he's <laughs> played banged up. So many games to the point where you're like, how is this guy still playing? Towards the, the end of his career, he, he was just super beat up and he played through a lot of injuries and he played at a high level on an Oregon line that was ranked highly multiple years with him leading the way as well. And it just makes a lot of sense to go offensive line. I like the idea of defensive line. I wish they had more prospects on yeah. this board there, but hey man, when you walk away with Nolan Smith at the top of it, I think it's hard to complain. So let's recap. Let's finish up Mock Draft Monday by taking a look at what we just did in our seven-round Mock Draft. 14th overall, we traded down with the Patriots and took Nolan Smith from Georgia. Then at pick 30 in round one, Gina went with Daywan Jones, the tackle from Ohio State. Cornerback Garrett Williams from Syracuse in round two. I love the Tucker Craft pick in round three. At 76 overall was the extra third we got from the Patriots. We've got a South Dakota State tight end duo. Get that other fourth target along with Quez Watkins. Got to bring another passing option. Behind Brown, the big three, Brown, Smith, and Goddard. Then we took a safety that I feel like fits that single high look, Jair Brown from Penn State at 94 overall. And then we rounded out with our final two picks in the seventh round. A running back from Minnesota, Muhammad Ibrahim, and a center slash guard from Oregon, Alex Forsythe. Uh, Gino, PFF gave us a C+. Plus. I think we nailed this draft, though. Forget that grade. I 100% agree, Lou. I think we hit need. I think we hit current need and long-term need. I think oh, yeah. we hit what the Eagles do in terms of profiling when it comes to body type, when it comes to the schools that they like. We know that they've been going SEC heavy the last couple of years, so why wouldn't yeah. it be a Georgia tackle to start it all, or a, a Georgia defensive end? And Ohio State plays in big-time football games, and Dewan Jones has put up big-time production that just makes sense. Trenches, production, health, all those things go together with athleticism as well. And depth-wise, Lou, man, this might be my favorite that we have done, to be honest with you. Oh, I think yeah. we got a lot. Mo Ibrahim, one of those guys is going to fall out of the draft, even and the Eagles are going to hit on another gem in the undrafted free agent pool. And we're going to say Miles Sanders, who hopefully in a couple of months from now, that would hopefully yeah. be ideal. I agree. I like that we traded down from 10. We explored that avenue. We've got three more mm -hmm. mock draft Mondays for you. So we're going to try to trade up at times, maybe from 10, maybe from 30 or 62. We could try to move down from 30, still have some wiggle room to just, again, lay out every scenario because, mm -hmm. because with Howie Roseman, you really just uh, never know. So make sure you subscribe to Lockdown Eagles. Three more mock draft Mondays, but we've got shows for you Tuesday through Friday as well after mock draft Monday on all podcast platforms and on YouTube as well. That'll do it for today's edition of the show. Thanks for making us a part of your day and making Lockdown Eagles your first listen every day. Make sure your second listen is the Lockdown NFL Scouting Podcast with the Draft Dudes. From free agency to the draft, salary cap management, and more, join NFL experts Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino as they take you through what it's like to build a successful NFL franchise every Monday through Friday. 
Find Locked On NFL Scouting with the Draft Dudes wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. For Gino Camilleri, I'm Lou DiBiase signing off. As always, thank you for downloading. Thank you for watching and listening. And let's go, Birds. Fly, Eagles, fly. 